Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on, long night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they will see the thunder? Just remember when you come up. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, previewing the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the Northern Trust up in wonderful New York, right on the actually right outside of New Jersey and on the Hudson River, basically. So mm-hmm. much fun over there. So go check all that stuff out. Uh, it's a beautiful looking course. We'll get to that in a minute. You can check me out on Twitter at BDentric and my co-host is always on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? Doing well, dude. How are you today? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's uh, it's a little warm out here on the West Coast. Of course, no rain because it never rains out here. So, yeah, life life is good. But um, ready to get this FedEx playoff over with because like I'm already looking forward to the Safeway. As weird as that sounds. Well, that and the Ryder Cup. Yes, as well. the Ryder Cup's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I yeah. know. We just talked about that like 30 seconds ago. I should probably have thought of that, but that's gonna be awesome. I'm actually looking forward to the teams getting picked, which is very soon. Yeah, that'll be fun because everyone's gonna either be all fill or no fill, and that's gonna be entertaining. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, I'm actually oh, let's just have fun. Are you team fill on the Ryder Cup or not? No, okay, neither am I. Neither am I. I don't need some rah rah cheerleader. If he wants to do that, he can join Tiger and drive around the course together. That's right. cool. I mean, put him and on there as a captain or something, yeah. but because Tiger's already going to show up anyways. Like, even though he's not a captain, he's going to go help out. Like, yeah. Ricky offered to help. A lot of guys offered to help. So, yeah, just let Phil. Hey, if you want to be a part of it, there you go. We'll give you some gear. Now go go cruise around. Like, you don't need to pick up a golf club. But uh, we'll see how that goes in the coming weeks. When we'll definitely preview that one for everybody. I did not get to see a bunch of the Wyndham in person. I watched a lot of it on re- when it was on replay last night when I was doing other podcasts. So I got to catch a lot of the playoff and everything. It was electric. I'll be honest. I didn't think it would be, but a like six man playoff was freaking bonkers. <laughs> Yeah, I guarantee it. I, I I didn't watch any of it either. Um, I was playing golf myself this weekend, so I didn't I didn't catch any of it. But uh, and and Kevin Kisner was not going into it. I mean, his last two finishes were sixty third and seventy third. I, I didn't see it coming. Um, so yeah, yeah, and like we're at least I am. I'm pretty sure I can say Jesse is too. We're kids fans. Like we love yeah. what kids it brings to the game. He's fun. He's different. He's a short course player. So that part actually checked the box last week. Um, in all things considered, he's played well there in the past, but his current form, sketchy as hell. I'll give PGA Tout on Twitter credit. Like I, I like to read a lot of his stuff early on, so some of the early stuff out there is kind of get my mind on the week ahead, more so the course than anything. And he like went through his model, and he made a detailed thing about picking Kisner like on Sunday or Monday last week. Like He was all in on Kisner. I was just like, ballsy, ballsy, yeah. okay. Hey, kudos, man. That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty yeah, good stuff, right? There. Pretty good payday. I'm sure he was in. I think he's like 55 or something. Yeah. Is that all? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take 55. But yeah. Well, I mean, no. yeah. I just figured, you know. Well, think I mean, of the strength of the field. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. It wasn't like if it was a major, he'd be a lot different. But I know Kevin had him as another outright. He got a, I think he put 25 bucks on, got a thousand out for kids. So Kevin, I guess, like his sixth or seventh winner this year. He, if, if you followed Kevin's picks all season at, at the Fancy DGens, every week he puts his picks out. If you follow them all year, you're up like 4300 bucks. <laughs> that's, that's pretty solid. That's really good. For free free picks. <laughs> like, like Just follow it. No. Don't mess with your numbers. Just pay what he's paying or whatever your unit size is, whatever you want to call it. 4300 bucks. Like That's pretty solid stuff there. Kevin knows his golf. We know that. But a lot of guys do. It was cool to see. Um, the golf, the, the playoff was fun because – 
you've played a lot of golf and you know every now and then you have a five some or a random six some just like when you're playing with the guys or something and it gets chaotic just trying to keep up with that to yeah, begin with for sure now you got these guys like literally okay who's closer no who's closer it was like the there's the kids on the second playoff hole just threw a dart to within like three feet and just basically you can see on his face just kind of wanted to smirk at all of them like yeah beat that <laughs> so yeah. it was good it was good stuff um the other thing I'll mention, did you see Justin Rose three putt on 18 to get knocked out of the playoffs? I did not, no. Yes. He um he all he had to do was make bogey, three putted for double. Well, he, he made missed, he made bogey. Oh, he made bogey, so he needed a bit par. He three yeah. putted. And no, he, he needed to make birdie because he finishes he finished th- thirteen under. No, to to make the playoffs, the playoffs, the FedEx playoffs. Oh, oh he so he's Mr. One twenty six because he three putted eighteen. He had a, I think a par putt was five feet out or something, and he missed it. it. Was, I can tell you exactly. It was uh, five feet four inches. Yeah, he missed that for par to go into the playoffs. Missed it, and Chesson Hadley got in after he shot a sixty-two on Sunday. He would have been one twenty-six. He gets in because of that missed putt, and he had his first wow. ever career hole in one in that round yesterday. Like it was, I love that kind of stuff. Like watching these guys yeah. sweat it out. Like, it, sure. like all I got to tell is real golf fans or sports fans in general. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're more a golf fan. Go look up Justin Hadley's interview post round yesterday. He's getting interviewed by CBS and he cries like three different times because people talk about how emotional, like how tough this is. He says, just making the 125 is a game changer, like for your career. And he, it's, it was, it was different. You don't see it from the big boys that often because they're just like coasting to their wins and doing that. Right. The grinder of Hadley. And then after that was over yesterday on the Golf Channel, it was the Corn Fairy guys. They're showing that. And guys are making par on like 14 and like fist pumping because they knew like where they stood and stuff. It was freaking awesome. So, yeah. I'll digress there. If you guys don't like the, the Northern Trust this weekend, the Corn Fairy Finals in Boise is this weekend. You want to watch some fun stuff, check that out. And that'll be on the Golf Channel too. Yeah. So. Sure. I'll digress there. We'll move on to this week's action at the Northern Trust uh, over there in New Jersey, like I said, right on the Hudson River. And um, what do you got for uh, past event history? So uh, obviously this this event's kind of jumped around a little bit, but it has been played at this particular golf course. So I'll, I'll mention that. Last year, uh, DJ won 30 under 11 shots over Harris English, but that was at TPC Boston. The 2019 edition was Patrick Reed winning. For the second time, his second time winning this event, first time winning it at Liberty National, 16 under, one shot over answer. Uh, 2018, DeChambeau won uh, 14, or 18 under, four shots over female. That was at a different golf course. Uh, DJ won in 2017, 13 under in a playoff over Spieth uh, in a, at a different golf course. For just like Liberty National stake, the last time before – 2019 it was held here was 2013 and that was adam scott 11 under one shot over graham delay justin rose uh gary woodland and tiger woods um it's an interesting it's an interesting what did you say the winning score for uh reed was in 19 uh 16 under but that was in uh yeah that was at liberty national yes so 16 under then 11 under the 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 time before that nine under in the uh 2009 edition that heath slocum won um so and they've yeah. uh, they held the president's cup here this is the year that um the fans of new york were showing their t- true new york sides and basically like jason day's wife and leishman's wife and them it, it got ugly in a hurry so this course has been played by a handful of these guys a couple times so we'll, we'll keep that in mind 
And Liberty National, it's an elite golf club. It's a, uh, a private club. It is up there, like I said, up in the New York area, right off the Hudson River, right on the New Jersey side of the Hudson River. It's a par 71, 7,353 yards. So kind of a banger for par 71, but not too crazy. Um, you got bent grass fairways. You got uh, um, bent grass greens. You got really, really thick uh, rough, like the fescue Bermuda, like um, Kentucky bluegrass rough is what I was reading about. So fairways are a premium because these green complexes are some of the smaller complexes you'll see on the uh, PGA Tour. So you're going to want to be able to stop it, basically. If you're, if you're throwing flyers out of the rough, you're going to be in trouble. So you're going to want to be playing out of the fairway as much as possible. And with it being a little longer, kind of the opposite of last week, you're looking at a lot of shots coming in from 175 to 200 or even a little over 200 yards. So long irons will be much more in play than short irons this past week. You got a golf course where there's 98 bunkers on it. There's 10 water hazards on the course. So there's trouble to be had if you're you're messing around there. When you go on Fantasy National, look at the course breakdown. There's three par fives, four par threes, and the rest are par fours. The par five sixth hole has a 7% eagle rate and a 57.5% birdie rate. So you're going to want to take advantage of that for sure. The um, par five eighth hole, only a 1.2% eagle rate, but a 32% birdie rate. So again, want to have some fun there. And then the par five 13th, 3% eagle rate, almost 58% birdie rate. So you're going to want to be scoring those. And then the 16th, the, the short par four 16th is 296 yards, has a 37% birdie rate as well. So there's a few holes you really need your guys to take advantage of, to say the least. Other than that, it's a shot maker's golf course. It's a long, long irons type golf course. And usually the best of the best show up in these events. So keep that in mind as well. When you're picking your teams, it's a 125-man field. T65 and ties go into next week's action. The next two events are no cuts. So this is our last cut of the uh, regular season this year. What uh, stats are you looking at, Jesse? Um, a lot of green regulation, a lot of recent stuff as far as, uh, you know, stroke scan, tee to green, stroke scan approach. Um, a lot of that stuff matters. Uh, I'm kind of waiting um, birdie or better, just about as, as much as uh, bogey avoidance and then par five scoring matters here as well. Yeah, par five scoring, bogeys. Um, I'm using bogey. Birdie or better, I'm um, using the proximity of 175 to 200 and over 200. Put a little bit of fairways gained in there because I really want to get that off the tee. And then I'm trying to decide if I want to go with some around the green game because these greens are so small. But uh, I think approach games can be huge, but you also have to you know get it in the fairway. So we'll see how that plays out with all those things considered. As always, check out fansharesports.com. Promo code always pressed to get 20% off the package of your choice. I did not download anything for tonight's show, but uh, go check them out as they have all the cool tools you want to do. And I saw a teaser on, on Twitter. They got a new partnership coming up for the football season. So go check that out as well because their football tools are, are pretty darn awesome too. So go check out Fanshare Sports. But with that being said, Jesse, let's get cracking on the DK picks for the week. 10K and above, John Rahm, 11.5, DJ, 11,000, Spieth, 10.8, Xander, 10.6, Morikawa, 10.4, Brooks, 10.2, Rory, 10,000. We have seven guys in the 10K range, and I can't argue any of it. So what do you like here? Yeah, I mean, start up top, obviously, with John Rahm, probably playing the the best golf in the world still. If you go back to U.S. Open, he, he won that. He should have won the Memorial. Um, seventh at the Scottish Open, then finished third at the British Open. Guys just... Uh, you know, just playing really well right now, obviously. Um, and then you got DJ right below him coming off his 10th place finish at the St. Jude. Uh, I, I, I like going to DJ this week over Rom myself. Um, just for, I think ownership factor. Now 
neither one of them I don't think will be super high on, but either way. And then I like Jordan Spieth at 10-8. You know, he, he's kind of cooled off a little bit, but, I mean, still playing very well. I mean, 12th at the St. Jude, second at the Open Championship, and then two straight top 20s before that at the U.S. Open, the Memorial. So, um, like Jordan Spieth quite a bit this week. And and those are the three guys I'm, I'm mainly focusing on top here. I never get Xander right. I rarely ever get Colin right, but, I mean, obviously he's playing very well too. Uh, coming off his British Open win and then finishing 26th at the St. Jude. And then Brooks, you know, he can turn it on any time. Wouldn't be surprised. Not a huge Rory fan. Yeah, it's a weird range because, uh, like, you're looking at my overall rankings. You know, Rom's eighth. Mark Howe is first in my rankings. Uh, the rest of them are sixth, 14th or worse, like uh, Spieth 52nd because – I'm waiting proximity from 175 to 200, 200 plus pretty, pretty strong. And you mentioned he's kind of cooled off and he's like ranks really poorly in his field in those two categories. He's been much better off the tee, much better around the green, his putting uh, birdie or better has been great, but his uh, overall long iron play has been scuffling of late. So that moves him down the list. But John Rom, like you said, one of the best golfers in the world, like right now, literally playing the best golf in the world. So I'm on board with that. I know I texted you a couple weeks ago after DJ said a couple things in a press conference. I said, oh, DJ's going to mess around and win this thing. He looked like he was about to until like midway through Sunday of that event, like at the FedEx. So yeah. he's getting really close. I, it, it's going to come. So I'm going to want to sprinkle some DJ again this week. And, and I like where his current form is at, especially for a guy that um, needs to get birdies and, and the par five scoring and everything. I like DJ. Uh, Morikawa, you're talking about iron play. It's great. It's weird. He's uh, not as high up as I thought he'd be over the last 24 rounds, but still playing great. And he's one of the, he's second in the field in bogey avoidance, fifth in birdie or better. So I like that quite a bit. And then um, I might have to have a little bit of Brooksy. It's a, it's a bit, it's a big game hunter event. I might have to have a little bit of Brooksy, but my main looks will be more Kawa, DJ and Rom for me. And um, it's going to be a fun one. You're going to want to probably sprinkle a little bit of all these for making a handful of lineups. But if you're just making a few, it's Brooks, DJ and Rom for me. Nine, 9k range, JT's 98. Bryson, 96, Victor, 95, Abe, 94, Scheffler, 93, Cantley, 92, Berger, 91, and Matsuyama, 9,000. Who you like in here? Start with Hovland at uh, 95. Um, he won that BMW championship like back in the, the end of June, and he's only played a couple events since. Uh, 12th at the British Open, 36th St. Jude. I mean, not great, but at 95, I like him quite a bit. Answer is the same for me pretty much as far as just the pricing here obviously he won the st jude so playing very well scheffler can make birdies and bunches and i know it's not a no cut event per se but like some of these guys will i, I think kind of feel like that because you know a lot of them are locked into next week no matter what they do um or the next event i don't know if it's next week or not but either way scotty can can kind of go off at any time so um, he's got three straight top 15s and, and really five of his last six are, you know, inside the top 15 there. So, um, I think he's very playable at that price. And then Berger, man, I, I, I really like Daniel Berger this week, two straight top tens for him. I feel like he's trending, uh, in the right direction and it's most likely going to end up in a win at some point, uh, you know, in the next few events that he plays. So 9,100, like him quite a bit. And then Decky um, at 9,000. You know, he finished second in St. Jude. Where did he finish last week? For some reason, I don't have any of that shit loaded. Let me see. Let me pull him up real quick. Um, at the... Do, 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 do. 
There we go. At the Wyndham, he missed the cut. Come off the missed cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. His approach was great. He had 3.7 uh, strokes gained approach, but around the green and putting, he got destroyed. Yeah, well, that's that's Hideki. I mean, if, yep, if he, that's Hideki to a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna gain strokes approach. It's just a matter of can he putt. So I like going back to him after the missed cut. Um, he was playing pretty well before the before that. So I wouldn't put too much stock into that. But yeah, I like it quite a bit. This is like we talked about last week. Like the nine K range kind of sucked. The nine K range this week is where it's at, in my opinion. Yep, this is back to the old days, Jesse, where it's like, ah, we can just skip the 10K range and let's just load up in the 9K range. Right. I, feel so, I feel so much better. Like, uh, even just looking at, at my rankings in the models, I have like five guys in the top of like 11 out of this field or in this event based on what I'm looking at. And Victor Hovland's second in this field. He's fourth in opportunities gained. He's eighth in proximity of 175 to 200. He's first in 200 plus, and he's eighth in bogey or better. Uh, he's playing great golf. His iron play has always been his thing. Putting's been his weakness. His around the green game's also been his weakness. He's 104th in this field over the last 24 rounds. So small greens could give him havoc, but if his approach game's the way it has been for so long, he shouldn't be uh, around the green a ton anyways. So I like Vic quite a bit. I still like Abe Answer. The price tag sucks. And the one concerning thing is like he's 15th and 175 to 200, but he's 100th from 200 plus. So – that might be one to delve back into a little more. Like, how many shots are we looking at from 200 plus? That can make things interesting. But Abe, always a really good iron player, finally broke through a couple weeks ago. You mentioned the price tag is going to be steep for a lot of people, and I get it, but that also lowers his ownership. So I like that quite a bit. I love Scotty Scheffler, 11th in my model, first in birdie or better in this field. As you mentioned, he's a birdie machine. The, the stats prove it. And he's just kind of basically just, you know, 20th to 30th, in like every other stat. So he just he hangs around. Rolls in some birdies and, and, and he doesn't crush you very often. Like when he crushes you, we've experienced it. He crushes you, but usually it's early enough where you can kind of get over it quicker. So right. he doesn't right. like make you sweat it out. It's like all or nothing with 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 Chef. So I'm I'm on board there. Love Burger, sixth in my model, third in approach, first in proximity, one seventy five to two hundred, third in bogey avoidance. Like you said, he's playing great golf. The the W's coming, and it's one of those if he like performs well in the FedEx, that could be just enough to push him into the Ryder Cup. So. It's one of those, like, he's probably got that in the back of his mind, too. Like, if I go out and win one of these things, that might be a big deal. So, Berger, I like a lot. And then I like your take on Hideki. Yeah, the dude can't putt. We know this. He's 121st in the 125-man field in putting over the last 24 rounds. That's Hideki. But everything else is freaking outstanding. So, at 9K, at no ownership, I'm there. So, yeah, this this range is loaded. Um, we'll kind of review things later. But uh, there's there's a lot to like here and a lot of different ways to put, like, three guys in a lineup and feel pretty good about things. So, I like this 9K range a lot. 8K range, you got Webb, English, Casey, Reed, Smith, Scott, Connors, Finau, Neiman, Burns, all the way down to 8,000. Who you liking in this range? I'll start with Harris English at 8,800. Uh, you know, he, he he probably should have won the St. Jude event. Um, he didn't. He did win the Travelers. He finished third at the U.S. Open, playing very solid golf right now, 8,800 bucks like him quite a bit. Paul Casey, same kind of boat, man. I mean, I feel like he's trending towards a win at, at, at some point, even though it's Paul Casey. So it's like, I always think he's trending towards a win and he never does except for on very rare occasions. Um, but fifth St. Jude, 15th, uh, open championship. Uh, and then, you know, like at the U S open seventh, you know, fourth at the, at the PJ, just playing really solid golf right now. Cam Smith at 8,500. Um, he played well at, in in the Olympics and then finished fifth in the St. Jude. Adam Scott at eighty four hundred now. It, this is kind of an odd price bump to me, um, but either way, uh, he's he's won here before. 
he was in the playoff, correct? This past yes, yeah. Yep. So, um, I, I I think it might be time to like I think I think his ball striking's back, and that's yep, that's is. what the big deal was for him. You know, before was basically he never can putt. He's like Hideki, but when the ball striking goes away, then you're, you're just such a complete shit golfer. So, uh, ball striking's back. I like him. And he's like, you know, that one, the one tournament he had this past week, assuming it is back, is not going to weight super heavily on people's stat models. So he's not going to show up highly in them. So I think his ownership stays suppressed potentially anyways. Uh, Corey Connors at 83, another ball striking guy um, who I think, uh, you know, if the putter gets hot, you know, he can be right there with the rest of these guys. So um, that's it for me in this in 8K range there. Man, it's depressing looking at this stuff now that I started. You got me hooked on Fantasy National, seeing Tony Finau's stats over the last 24 rounds make me very sick to my stomach. It's bad. Yeah. Like, it's I really bet. bad. This guy used to be like, yeah, you play Tony every week. Like, here you go. Right. So, top, top 10, top five, no problem. Yeah. $8,200, Tony Finau, 35% on, no problem. <laughs> this is bad right now. 109th in fairways gained over the last 24 rounds, 102nd in putting, 107 just in opportunities gained. It used to be a birdie machine. I guess it's bad. Wow. But, um, yeah, 8K range, love English. I'm with you there as the guy I go to all the time. His around the green game is great. His birdie or better. Uh, he's third in the field right now, the last 24 rounds. I like him a lot. A guy I've heard a lot of a lot of talk about already, and I, I started up my model. Paul Casey's third in my model. He's fourth in um, approach. He's 11th in opportunities gained. He's fifth in proximity, 200 plus, you know, 18th in birdie or better. He's like a top 25 guy in a lot of key stats. I hate rostering Paul Casey because he's always popular. But he seems like a, re- a really good fit for this kind of golf course. So, like in cash, I think you play Paul Casey for sure. In tournaments, you might have to make some pivots here or there. But I think Casey eighty seven is one of those plays you just kind of lock and load and, and see what happens. I'm, you know, reads in play, but he doesn't rate out for me well at all. So I'm going to like really debate that one quite a bit. I always like Cam Smith. I'm with you there. Corey Connors, the ball striker, but uh, Sam Burns. This one stood out to me. Nineteenth uh, in the field, he's eighth in approach, twenty first in scrambling. 28th in you know proximity, 17th in Burrier better, 19th in bogey avoidance. Doesn't like light the world on fire, but he's playing great golf right now. He's I think he's 10th in the FedEx Cup standings, which is banana. If I heard that correctly earlier, which is nuts. So like him and even Neiman is 24th in this field. Um, you can get, probably get some at least with Neiman. He'll probably come in really low owned. So those two guys down there on the 8K range will definitely be some uh, interesting developments in my builds as I continue to look because I usually don't roster a ton of Sam Burns or Neiman. But Burns is playing some very consistent golf, and it seems like, to me at least, he's not talked about a lot lately when you look like leaderboards and stuff. But he's uh, he's checking the boxes, so we'll see how that one goes. 79 to 75, you got Kisner, Fitzpatrick, Sungjae, Hatton, Kokrak, Harmon, Poulter, Henley, Horschel, Garcia, Bradley, Lowry, and Na. Another pretty solid-looking range here, Jesse. Who are you liking? Uh, yeah, start with, for me um... – Kokrak at 7,700. He's not played super great of late. Uh, coming off the miscut there at the Wyndham last week, 34th, 26th, 12th, uh, the, the weeks before that. But um, I think he can get it back on track on this course. Ian Poulter, um, he rates out well on my model. 10th place finish at the uh, St. Jude, 26th at the Open Championship, 4th at the uh, Scottish Open Championship there. So, And then I also had... Um, let me see here, because my my fancy laps, of course, went down. Uh, so just trying to figure out who I had checked off there. Sergio, twenty six at the uh, St. Jude at the St. Jude, twenty fifth, three M Open, nineteenth. Uh, playing solid golf right now, and he's only you know seventy six hundred bucks. So you know he's kind of like a 
Paul Casey light, um, mm-hmm. especially with the pricing there. And then Russell Henley, man. I mean, the guy's just playing really well. I know he didn't. Like, he was in contention. He probably should have won. Obviously, he, shot, he, he played terrible on Sunday. Fell out of the playoff. Didn't even make that. But seventh there. Missed the cut at the Open Championship. And if you go back before that, 11th, 19th, 13th. He's playing solid golf. I, I think he's playable this week. It's a quite an interesting range. Like Sungjae is always intriguing on an iron ball striking type event. Not playing great, kind of like middle of the pack in most of the stats. Um, but he's he's interesting to me. Hatnet is twenty third in my model. It comes down to putting. He's one hundred eleventh in the field over the last twenty four rounds. So that'll be an iffy one. But you know, you got uh, proximity from two hundred plus. He's third, thirteenth in bogey avoidance. So you know he can he can get the job in that regard. It's just can he roll the ball? That's going to be interesting. Koprak's another one that checks the box as being very good, as you said. It's just uh, fairways gained. He's 92nd in the field. He's 102nd in bogey avoidance. He's got to really limit those bogeys, which got him into trouble last week because he had a ton of birdies and played really well. He just could not get out of his own way at times, and that that was a problem last week. Could be a problem again this week. So both of those guys are quite interesting, but pivots off of them that I like. Brian Harmon, he ranks out 53rd in this model, but he's a sixth around the green. He's 21st in my proximities. He's 26 in fairway gained. Like he doesn't like light the birdies up. He does. He, he's like middle of the pack in bogey avoidance. But to me, that's a good tournament pivot. Like if he runs hot, we know he can contend. If say Kokrak or Poulter is popular, I think Harmon's one of those guys you can pivot with. I think Henley will be very popular and for good reasons. If you look at his stat line, it resembles Abraham Answers almost to a T, which is pretty scary. Like they're both struggling from over 200 yards, and um, it, it, they're a big price discrepancy. Like you said, Henley played great last week. Could have easily won that thing. Should have probably won that thing. So he's a great play. Uh, he's going to be very popular, I'd imagine, this week. So keep that in mind. I like your take on Sergio, 37th in my model. He's 120th in the field in putting. So that's uh, Sergio's problem as usual. But iron play has been great. His uh, opportunities gain. It's, it's pretty average. So, yeah, I don't mind Serge. And then one guy literally – I tweaked my model like four different times because I kept seeing certain names. I'm like, no, this can't be right. He's like, this isn't the kind of golfer you want to look for. I looked at different ranges, and this guy was still hanging around. Keegan Bradley is 10th in my model. He's sixth on approach, 17th off the tee, fifth in opportunities gained. He's 13th from 175 to 200. He's 28th in bogey avoidance. He's like, he can't putt. That's his biggest bugaboo. But he ranks out very well, and I have to really have a coming to Jesus meeting on this one. And last but not least, uh, Shane Lowry's 26th in my model. He's playing great golf right now. No one owns him. No one ever rosters him. He's playing really, really good golf. So I'd rather play Lowry over Bradley. I'll tell you that right now. But um Every time I don't play Bradley, he goes and like has like an eight under round one, makes me regret life. And then by Sunday, I remember why I didn't play Keegan Bradley. But mm-hmm. that's kind of how things go. Seven yeah. K to seventy four, Jesse. Who you liking here? It seems like we like a lot of terrible putters. Yeah, that's the um, trend. <laughs> Strillman at at, at seventy four hundred. He uh, is coming off a seventh place finish there at the Wyndham, nineteenth uh, Open Championship. Now he had a couple missed cuts before the Open Championship, but was playing pretty solidly. Three straight top twenties before that. Uh, so I do like him. Uh, Munoz at 7,300. He did play last week. He made the cut 29th and uh, fourth at the um, at the Olympics. Uh, I guess he got knocked out of that, that playoff or whatever. Um, anyways, cut the Open Championship, fourth John Deere Classic. He's, he's just playing a lot of really solid golf at the moment. And then Vegas, another guy who's super boomer bust, but – you know, we talked about him last week and how the the bat he had such a terrible course history. So I didn't play him at all uh because of his course history. And of course he ends up, you know, playing well, finished fifteenth. Now it's another 
15th for him. He finished 16th at the, at the Olympics, second at the 3M open, um, and then 11th at the John Deere classic. So, I mean, he hasn't finished outside the top 20 in his last four starts. Pretty incredible for Vegas there. And he's only 7,100 bucks. And then also Seamus power at 7,000. Um, he won the, uh, Barbersaw a few weeks ago and, uh, they made the cut last week at the, at the Wyndham championship. He's playing really good golf before that Barbersaw win. And one other guy, dude, down here at the bottom at seven K I mentioned him whenever I went through, uh, some event history, Gary Woodland, um, kind of sneaky. I know these events aren't the same. It's the Barracuda and the 3M, but seventh and 11th in his last two starts. Cause he, I think he, t- mi- I think he missed cut last week. He missed the cut last week before that seventh and 11th, yeah. $7,000. It looks like, it looks like he's running around it into form. And it, that is the one thing I didn't mention about the course preview. It's right on the water and there's really no, not a ton of trees. So if it gets windy, it's another atmosphere to, to think about, and he's got that low stinger. So, hey, if you want to run hot, you can run hot. Um, when I look at this this little seven k to seventy four hundred dollars range, my model doesn't like many of these guys um, unless you get cheaper. Like Vegas is twenty eighth. Uh, he's seventh off the tee, eleventh birdie or better. He's uh, he's playing really well as you mentioned. So he's a guy that that we like. Charlie Hoffman, seventeenth in my model, tenth on approach, eleventh in opportunities game. He's number one in the field from one seventy five to two hundred. His biggest problem is hitting fairways. So 91st in the field, and uh, that could be an issue. So keep that in mind. And he struggles around the green. So got to hope the iron plays on with with Hoffman. But for for 7K, I, I don't hate that at all. You know he can get birdies and bunches. And I like the Seamus Power call at 7,000. He's fifth in my model. He has no red at all. It's uh, it's it's pretty solid, especially ninth in birdie or better, and fifth in bogey avoidance. So that's one thing. Like he annoys me, but then seeing this, it makes sense. When I watch him like on Thursdays, and I just kept keep checking his his card, it's like eight straight pars. It's like, make some birdies, man. But then I start thinking, well, he's not bogeying any holes. So this is a good thing. He finishes like three under with no bogey, like a bogey-free round. So I'm like, yeah, I guess it's not the end of the world. But um, Seamus Power at 7K is another guy that looks pretty good when we look at this. So I'm like, the 7K range, I kind of like the bottom and the top. It's like that middle, not liking a whole lot for me. 6K range, who's standing out for you? Yeah, there's uh, there's plenty of guys to play down here this week. Um, Mad McNeely at 6,900. <clears throat> he can hit it. A long ways off the tee uh, has. I don't think he played last week. Again, this I don't believe he did. Not loaded up. Uh, he didn't. So Barracuda was his last start. Eighteenth, sixteenth, eighteenth, twenty-first in his last four starts. Pretty solid for guys. Sixty. I mean, obviously that the events are not comparable. But long story short, playing solid golf. Taylor Gooch, another guy, sixty-eight hundred. I think he's very playable. Pat Perez, did you see his interview? I saw some snippets of like some different stuff he said. Did you no, catch I, that interview? I heard some. Um, it was very hot takey, but I've not heard anything no. Two straight make cuts for him. Um, miscut the John Deere fourteenth Rocket Mortgage again playing some shit events, but making some cuts there. Brian Stewart at sixty five hundred is another guy who I think is playable. Kyle Stanley at sixty four hundred, terrible putter, ball striker. Mm-hmm. Harry Higgs. At sixty-one hundred bucks, he did. Week. He had a really good week last week, and he's supposed to have a match, I think, tomorrow with Phil. Fifteenth um, at the Wyndham Championship before that, cut, 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 cut. No, he's sixty-eighth cut. I mean, he's, he's not been playing well, but at sixty-one hundred bucks, I mean, like, I'd take a chance on him. Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting field because you got to think about it. Probably like fifty guys go home because it's T sixty-five and ties. So let's just say 50, seventy-five guys make the weekend for fun. 50 guys go home, 
So you're going to have some chances to play some stars and scrubs. And there's a lot of good players because it's such an elite field. So you mentioned guys like McNeely. Carlos Ortiz is here at $6,900. You know, played great in the Olympics. He's played really good golf of late. Joel Dahman, he's 6,600. 11th in fairways gained. 10th in proximity from 175 to 200. 10th in uh, opportunities gained over the last 24 rounds. So he's he's a good one for me in this field. You mentioned Brian Stewart. There's some other guys that's literally all or nothing here. Luke List, he's 15th in my model. 118 in putting, but 12th in proximity of 175 to 200, 25th and 200 plus, 16th in opportunities gained. Well, something's got to give, right? Yeah. Kyle Stanley's fourth in my model, so I'm going to have way too much of him. I can already tell it's 6,400, <laughs> and he can't. He's 124th in the field in putting. He's almost dead freaking last. But seventh in approach, sixth in opportunities gained, fifth in fairways, fifth in proximity, eighth in proximity over 200. Everything you want, there he is. So 6,400, but Kyle Stanley has not going to be fun. Henrik Norlander is one I'll always love to play because he doesn't get played a ton, but he plays very good, consistent golf, irons, putts well, uh, $6,300. He's a guy that I like a lot down here as a, a potential low ownership play. Dougie Gim's down here, and he's actually playing some pretty good golf outside of putting. He does everything else really well. Like We should have a little, literally make team no-putt lineups and see how that goes. Oh, you, you really can in this field. Yeah, like there's so many really good long iron players that just cannot putt to save their freaking life, but uh, it'll be an interesting one to say the least. All right, let's recap things real quick. Jesse, 10K and above, who's your number one player? I'm going to say Spieth. I'm going to go with uh, Morikawa. That's probably the lazy way out, but I'm going Morikawa. Uh, 9K range, go ahead and pick two because this thing is – we like so many guys here. I'm going to say Berger and Scheffler. I like, I like those two a lot. I'll go uh, I'll go Victor and Berger um, to, to make it a little different, but I like a lot in this range as well. Um, 8K range, go ahead and go two. Uh, Casey and Scott. I'm going to go with uh, English and Casey, uh, 75 to 79. Go ahead and give me one or two. Um, I'll just give you one. I'm going to say Henley. Yeah, I'm going to go, man, he's the best. I like Lowry, though. I like your Lowry call, too. I forgot about yeah. him, man. I'm going to go with Lowry. If I just went off my model, it would be Keegan Bradley. He's the highest ranked in this range for me, but I'm going to go with Lowry. I like Lowry a lot at uh, 7,500. 7K to 74, who you like? Uh, I'll say Streelman and uh, Vegas. I'm going to go with Seamus Power and Charlie Hoffman. Those would be my two. And then a couple 6K punts. Um, McNeely, and then like further on down the list would be like, you know, Stewart, you were on him as well. Yep. I'll go with Stanley because I just, oh man, that's going to be a bad miscut coming. I can see <laughs> it now. Uh, Stanley, and give me Joel Dahman. Give me Joel Dahman in this one. So yeah, this will be fun. If you're, I, I'm not going to play cash this week. Don't think we can do cash. If you're starting a GPP lineup out, though, Jesse, uh, who are you starting out with? Um, I like uh, Berger, and then uh, I think Munoz would be a, a decent GPP play there. Should be pretty low-owned, has played well, especially in big events of late. And then you throw in somebody like, um, I mean, I really like your idea of the, the three up top as far as 9K range goes. So, I, like, Scheffler, I think, is... GPP worthy. Yeah, I was going to say just for fun, go like Scheffler, Berger, and Hoffman. Start out with that. See mm-hmm. where your build goes. That That's literally guys that can light it up with the long irons, and then uh, hopefully they can putt. That's the million-dollar question. Uh, with all that said, 125 golfers this weekend, Jesse. Usually the cream rises to the top. Who do you like winning this thing? Well, you didn't remind me to pull up my odds, so you go ahead. Um, Brooks at 25 always has my attention, just because Brooks can win any time. But in a loaded field, you're going to get some good odds on some guys. Like even Pat Reed at 40, he's won here before. It's hard to ignore. Um, 
I think if you want to go deeper, Shane Lowry at 66, because I think he is good enough to win an event like this, especially if it does get windy, that just favors Shane Lowry even more. So I think he's very intriguing at 66. And then there could be some nice nice long shots out here uh, if some guys get hot with the, with the flat stick, because I've mentioned a lot of guys that are great ball strikers. They're going to be priced really cheap that uh, if they can just roll the rock, you never know what happens. So uh, keep an eye out for some of those guys. Like no one's standing out to me as I'm scrolling the cheap guys, but maybe some top 20 stuff or something. Yeah, I like Berger at 28. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I know everybody and their mom's already on JT at 25. I've heard that everywhere. Guaranteed. So that's going to be happening. Like uh, even like like Victor at 40 is interesting because he he rated out really well and somehow he's 40 to one. So that that's an interesting one as well. So it'll be a, a fun week to say the least. It'll be good golf. The best of the best are playing. So that part will be a plus. Uh, the fact it's 125 golfers, not so much a plus, but. Uh, We'll see how it all goes. But any any final closing thoughts for the Northern Trust? I don't. This is kind of the last good week to play golf, though, for a while, as far as, far as DFS goes, because next two are no-cut events and then the Ryder Cup. And then we get into the your bread and butter, the Safeway newly renamed the – I can't remember what it's. Some, like, malware, weird. software, protection program. Some Silicon Valley bullshit. Yeah, it's pretty much 100% what it is, so <laughs> – That'll make things really fun, but I love those events. I cannot wait. You got like that, probably the Sanderson Farms. We got all these goofy ones. With, you got football going on at the same time, man. Yep. It gets real because then <laughs> we'll get into it then, but it, it makes yeah. DFS PGA really fun. That's all I got to say. I agree. But uh, everybody, make sure you follow Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. I'm Matt BD Entrick, the podcast at Always Press DFS. If you guys give a rate and review on iTunes, we truly would appreciate it. But good luck this week. We'll be back to you guys next week. This was your Northern Trust preview. See you guys later. Come on, show.